Well, everybody, we are officially back from the ban. You didn't hear from me all last week because YouTube banned our first show of 2022 for what they thought was medical misinformation. Yes, that is the exact quote. They sent me an email saying, we think this violates our medical misinformation policy. We're not going to tell you what you did or said that violated said medical misinformation policy because we all know that it's based in opinion anyway. But... If I could take a guess, it's probably one of the things that the CDC director or the CEO of Pfizer is saying this week. It was misinformation medically last week, and this week it's just fact. Because now the government and the mainstream and all of these officials have realized that they've lied to us so much and they can't keep lying anymore. Because the more they double and triple down, the more the American people push back because they're tired of this nonsense. Now that we're about to enter year three of lockdowns and COVID nonsense, they realize that there's no other way for them to turn other than to the truth. And all of the lies are being exposed. And I want to say that all of the truth is now coming out. But to be quite honest with you, the truth has already been exposed and it's already been out for the past two years for those of us who have wanted to know what's actually been going on. Now, we have a lot to cover today. I didn't do a second show last week because instead of pushing myself to do another show and put it out on various other platforms, I'm on Rumble now, by the way. The link is down below. Please go subscribe to me there since my shows cannot live here on YouTube. Instead of pushing myself to analyze more political information and commentate on what is currently going on in the modern day, I decided to do research into all of the lies and misinformation that has been thrown at us. And uh, again, I still kept up with the news and I still kept up with politics and we're going to do kind of the you know, top 10 news stories we missed last week, and then bring it back into what we're currently living through in the modern day. But I got so frustrated just sitting here, not having a platform to speak on, and having to just marinate on the fact that we're all living through a giant psychological warfare, psychological manipulation from our government, and nobody's doing anything about it. We're heading into year three of this. And I keep seeing all of these tweets from conservatives going viral. Like, hey, guys, I think Dr. Fauci lied. Or it seems like the CDC is now backtracking on their previous claims. Seems kind of hypocritical. These tweets get like 10, 20,000 likes. And it, it just baffles me. Because I'm like, is the average American that ignorant? that we've been lied to for the past two years at this point? Or are they now jumping on this bandwagon of like, hey guys, I think Dr. Fauci lied because it's funny and it's going to get them likes. Because when I see tweets like this, it just pisses me off because I'm like, wow, great. Now that uh, Fox News is talking about this, now that the government is allowing you to say, oh, by the way, yeah, Dr. Fauci might've lied. He might've been caught, you know, uh, funding gain-of-function research a year ago. Now that it's, okay to talk about now the masses want to talk and joke about it even though we've been living through this for two years and those of us who have put blood sweat and tears into researching into this and trying to expose it are getting censored and silenced it's just also exhausting to me and i don't know how to keep living through this political 
misinformation and manipulation over and over and over again. I've gotten to the point where I'm just tired of talking about this BS because that's what it is. Anything that comes out of the mainstream's mouth at this point, and if it's conservative mainstream, it's a six months to a year old at this point, and they're finally, you know, now it's finally okay to talk about it. It's no longer a conspiracy theory, so they're going to talk about it. Or if it's coming from uh, the left media, it's just straight up lies and propaganda from the government. I'm extremely tired of talking about COVID. We're going into year three of this, and I keep seeing now that all of these lies are being exposed, people saying, oh, I'm so angry about this. I can't believe we're still having to live through this. Are you angry? Because you're not acting like you're angry. Americans keep saying that they're angry. Americans keep saying that they're waking up. But I don't see the action behind the words. I keep seeing the angry tweets. I keep seeing people talk about how Dr. Fauci might have lied to us. The CDC might not be so trustworthy. Maybe we should get angry about this. I keep seeing that, but I don't see anybody getting upset. I don't see anybody taking their face masks off, going to airports and saying, you know what? No, I'm going to be a disruptor. I'm actually going to commit some civil disobedience, peacefully, of course, by not wearing my face mask or saying no to my federal officials who are trying to force me to get tested or vaccinated if I want to keep my job. I don't see any of that happening. I do in other countries in Europe. I see these big protests happening in Australia and Canada. And why is that? Because those countries are probably five or six steps ahead of us, tyranny-wise. So maybe they're a little bit more angry about it. But here in America, of course, we're still so subservient that we're watching all this information. We're watching doctors getting censored. We're watching our access of information become more and more limited. And all we can do is sit here and tweet about how it makes us angry. We're watching the economy go to SHIT. I'm trying not to curse today. We're watching the open borders and the reality of our country, once great, overrun with illegals who are now being given free health care and allowed to vote in New York City. We're watching Joe Biden and Kamala Harris lead our country. We're watching China and Russia grow in strength as we continue to be an international laughingstock. We're watching gas prices rise. We're watching grocery shelves go empty. And all the average American does is say, let's go branded. And I'm here too, just doing the exact same thing, complaining about this in front of a camera. But I've reached the point where it's, I'm tired of the complaining. I'm tired of the commentating. This is the time for civil disobedience. The time for civil disobedience was when they said it's only 15 days to slow the spread. But now we're, again, heading into our third year of this. And now, because the government and these officials are saying it's okay for us to realize that these lies that we've all have known were lies, now it's okay for us to, uh, you know, get angry about them. Now we can be. No. We should have been angry about this. And I'm just so exhausted having to continuously cut through this BS every single day. So we're going to talk about the news now that that rant is out. I am very angry about the state of America. And it does bother me that we are so weak and subservient and coddled. And we're so willing to give away our rights and freedoms. I constantly think about this, okay? Because... I was, again, last week, just really 
marinating on my thoughts and feelings. And I was like, why do I get so upset when people tell me to put a face mask on? It's just a face mask. Why do I get so violently angry? Not that I've ever been violent towards anyone, but like on internally, I like am seething with rage. And I really wanted to get down to the nuts and bolts of why that was. And I realized it was because when someone says, put a face mask on, what I hear is, can you give up your rights? Can you give up your freedoms? And that's why it makes me so angry. And so when I see my fellow Americans say, well, yeah, it's just a face mask. I have to fly on a plane. I have to keep my job. It's just a vaccination. What I see from them is them giving up their rights and freedoms. That's what that doesn't translate to, to a lot of people. And they don't understand is it's not just a face mask. What put your face mask on translates to in my mind is, can you give up your rights a little bit? Can you just give up your freedoms a little bit? No, I can't. And I'm not going to anymore. And actually, just kidding, I never did. To get on the planes, yes, I, I admit to that. I bent the knee to get on airplanes. But recently, and I've always tested this, and most recently, I've got on planes without the mask on. No one says anything to me the entire flight. TSA did almost call security on me because I did push back on it. But that's why it triggers me so much, because that is what it translates to. That's what the face mask is. And let's go one step further because those who are already wearing their face masks, I saw this meme and it had a Trump supporter, right? And, but it's the NPC character with the Trump hat on. And it's like, we will never give up our rights and freedoms. And then someone comes along and says, Hey, can you put your face mask on? And they're like, Oh yeah, sure. And I want us to take this a step further because all of the right-wingers who said vehemently that they would never give up their rights and freedoms and still put the face mask on or got the vaccination or said, well, I, I just have to do this or that. I do have to listen to the government in some aspect to live normal life and be a part of society. You are the same type of American who, when the feds come to your door and say, hey, give up, give up your guns, you're going to gladly give them over because you don't understand the concept of dying for your rights and freedoms. I've already made peace with the fact that if someone came to my door today, if the police came to my door today and said, give us your guns, I'm most likely dying in that situation because 10 cops versus one sav, probably not going to end well for me. But I've already made it up in my mind that I'm willing to die for those rights and freedoms, whether that's my First Amendment, my Second Amendment, whether that's my right to breathe fresh air. If police came up to me and police officers have come up to me and said, put a mask on, if I had to be threatened with arrest or putting a face mask on, I would get arrested because I have already decided in my mind, I am willing to die for my rights and freedoms. And the majority of Americans have not, which is why we are still in this going into a third year. And I don't know how to contain my rage on this subject, but that's what it is. And people need to wake up and make the decision. Because we are never, ever, ever getting out of this until Americans decide and draw that line in the sand now. Are you willing to die for this? Because that is what freedom is. Once you give up your freedoms, you don't get it back. And if you want to get it back, bloodshed is most often involved. Now, this might seem like an extreme or crazy thing to say, but fine, call me an extremist. I don't care. At the end of the day, when you put your face mask on, when you get your vaccination, when you adhere to the little stickers that tell you six feet of social distance, you are giving up your rights and freedoms. And you have already drawn the line in the sand that if the government comes in to take any more of your rights and freedoms, if they come to microchip you and track you, take your child away from you, take 
do what they will, you will bend the knee to that. You have already decided in your mind. I've already decided in mine. So everybody who is here in the chat today, listening to this podcast right now, I hope that you have thought about this long and hard because again, the state of where this leads to is not a pretty place. The state of where America is still at, not a pretty place. We are getting better and the lies are being exposed, but I'm not happy about it because it took two years for Americans to finally say, let's be angry about this now. After the majority of people have already been vaccinated, after the masses have already been subservient to the government, and after the government has already conducted this mass experiment on who can we force to wear face masks, who can we force to listen to us and who can we continue to manipulate over and over and over again and who will continue to listen to us even when they know it's a lie. The government already knows. So I want to get into the news, but I just have this raging fire inside of me today and not because YouTube banned me, actually a little bit because of that, because I'm so tired of walking outside and seeing my fellow Americans wearing face masks still. I want to say my fellow man, white, black, Hispanic, I don't care. I see you as my fellow countrymen and I want to help you. I'm not coming at this and I don't have this rage from a place of hatred. I have it from a place of love for my country. And it's baffling to me that we've gotten to a point where loving your country is so demonized and being called a nationalist is a bad thing. I want to retain my nation. I want to preserve my rights and freedoms and I want to preserve America. And this is not the way that we do it. So with all of that being said, my content can't live on YouTube. So what we're going to be doing is live streaming still here but all of the content will go live on Rumble. This is my Rumble channel. Sav underscore says the most recently banned stream is currently up. The link is down below. Please go subscribe on Rumble. We have the biggest following for the show here on YouTube. The content can't live here. So please go and subscribe on Rumble. And I'm asking you this because one day you might log into YouTube and I might be gone. And then where's Sab? Oh, I don't know. She just disappeared into the ether. Please go follow me on Rumble. I refuse to stop speaking truth. I will never stop speaking the truth. It is so difficult to take the path of wanting to tell the truth in the modern day because I have put blood, sweat, and tears into this show. I have invested money and time into this show. This is my career. This is my passion. And seeing it all get taken away breaks my heart. More importantly, seeing that I can't even tell my fellow Americans the truth breaks my heart. And I'm not even trying to be a baby about this, but this is where we're currently at. And it makes me so sad to see. It really does. This isn't about censorship. This is about the lives of my fellow Americans that are being taken away and destroyed. And I've been just commentating on this for the past two years. And it's honestly exhausting. It really is. It really, really is. I'm just going to, we're going to look at the Rumble channel right now. Because I just need a second. (sighs) 
I've never cried on camera before, and this is actually really embarrassing, but I'm so frustrated with where the modern day is at. And I just want us to all break out of this mass formation psychosis, which is probably what we got banned for last stream. The mass formation psychosis that Dr. Robert Malone talked about that we're not even allowed to discuss. Let's get into the actual news now. Because I'm genuinely like weeping for the state of America and it's, it's embarrassing. I do not like people watching me cry. But here I am crying because I'm watching the state of America and I'm just watching everything crumble all around us. And it's just sad. It's so sad to see. And I want to be positive about this. And I want to say, you know what? The lies are coming out and they're being exposed. But all of these lies have already been exposed for the past two years and Americans still continue to give up their rights and freedoms. And it breaks my heart. It really does. And I don't know what to do and how to communicate this better. I don't know what needs to be done for me personally to fix this because there's so many layers of corruption and we are under attack from so many different layers. And I don't know how to communicate the importance of what we're all living through outside of this right now. So again, I am embarrassed. I don't like showing my emotions. I don't like people watching me cry. And the fact that there are 420 people live right now watching me do it is embarrassing. But anyways, back to my life motto. Let's cry on the inside like a winner because guess what? We have important news to get to and we're going to get to it right now, starting with this AP fact check about mass formation psychosis. Now, I can see why we got banned last week and it's probably because, you know, uh, we quoted a doctor here, Dr. Robert Malone, talking about mass formation psychosis. But of course, per YouTube, they thought that was medical misinformation. Now, the AP, luckily for us, decided to fact check this and said mass formation psychosis, an unfounded theory spreading online, suggests millions of people have been hypnotized into believing mainstream ideas to combat COVID. Psychology experts say the concept is not supported by evidence. Get the facts at AP. So there we go. There's the media who mass formation psychosis has uh, accused of hypnotizing the millions into believing their falsehoods about COVID-19, uh, fact-checking that and saying that that's actually not true, guys. So look the other way, mass formation psychosis uh, that was talked about by a doctor, well, some 20-year-old opinion writer from the AP fact-checked it for us. So actually, it's not true, guys. Let's keep going. And why are we seeing these types of fact-checks from the AP? It's because of articles like this one from the Atlantic headline reading, why more Americans are saying they're vaxxed and done. COVID has always divided Americans. The Omicron wave is even dividing the vaccinated. So we're seeing these types of stories come out more and more from the media because the media realizes that they're losing this battle. The media realizes that the masses don't give a damn about them anymore. They're tired of being lied to. And now that they're being told that it's not one, two, three, but maybe four or five or even six vaccinations, people are finally saying they're done. And I can't even fault to all of those who have been vaccinated because there are people who have been 
double vaccinated who are finally saying, okay, you know what? That was my line in the sand. I thought that the government was going to let me go back to work if I got vaccinated, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So that's my line in the sand. So, I mean, still good on those types of people who are willing to wake up even after having already made that decision. And I'm glad to see it. But that's why the media is coming in and trying to run damage control, because that's essentially what all of this has been, is damage control. That's why we're seeing CDC Director Rochelle Walensky come out and make all the admissions that she's making, the CEO of Pfizer and Moderna making similar admissions, because they're trying to run damage control. Why? Because it's an election year, because all of this has gotten out of hand, because people realize that we, the masses can't be lied to anymore. The masses can't be lied to anymore. But again, one side of the media realizes that the other side uh, is still trying to spread all of that, that very scary COVID news. This came out from the Daily Mail a couple days ago. Expert predicts up to 5 million could skip work next week with COVID putting strain on businesses and transport as U.S. hits its second highest daily case count of over 900,000 infections. So, of course, Omicron, very, very scary, and up to 5 million people could skip work next week. Now it's winter time. Historically, since the beginning of humanity, what typically happens during winter time? Infection rates go up, people get sick, there's a change in the weather. No, that's never happened before in the history of humanity. Uh, we should all definitely be very afraid for our lives and um, blame it all on COVID, stop going to work, reshut down the economy. No, I'm kidding. You know what we actually should do? Let's take a page out of France's notebook because this is how protesters are treating their politicians who are pro-domestic passport. And this is what we need to be doing here in the U.S. Let's watch. So this is one of my favorite clips that has come out of COVID protests. This is a French politician who is getting pelted with soil by protesters who were against the domestic passport system in France. And if you are a podcast listener, I would highly encourage you to go to Rumble and watch this beautiful video because this politician is just getting pelted, okay, with these just clobs. I don't know if clobs is a word. I just made it up. There we go. Of soil, okay? Just these gigantic mounds of soil being thrown at him from from the citizens of France who were like, you know what, enough is enough, we're done with this. So I hope that Americans kind of see that, they get a little bit inspired and realize that all of our politicians, all of the mainstream media and all of the liars and officials who have been perpetuating this for the past two years, they deserve nothing less than that. Now, we didn't get to talk about the news last week, so let's talk it now. We are going to start off with of course, Kamala Harris, January 6th. Last week was the anniversary of January 6th. Very, very harrowing. Of course, Kamala Harris came out and said that um, January 6th can be equated to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. Of course, we would expect nothing less from the Biden administration who capitalized on that day and used it as a way to attack Americans who were, again, just protesting on January 6th, protesting a corrupt government. The majority was very peaceful. I was there. But the media capitalized as well, saying that they had PTSD from having to watch the footage from the reporters who were actually there. And then again, at the Biden administration trying to equate this to 9-11. And um, 
Pearl Harbor. And I want to make the very important point that they're trying to equate those things because those were two instances in which the U.S. got into wars. So is that their subtle way of saying January 6th is our soft introduction into a potential civil war? I don't know. Potentially, we already have the media coming in and saying, is the U.S. headed toward a civil war? We're seeing those headlines back up, especially after January 6th. Uh, now, speaking of Kamala Harris, because we're just going to rapid fire through these uh, older stories that we missed last week. Speaking of Kamala and just all of her awfulness, um, another Kamala Harris, Harris aide has quit as claims of turmoil and bullying mount. This is not surprising in the least coming from the worst administration I've ever lived through. I've only been paying attention to politics for about the past five years, so maybe the Obama administration was worse. I wouldn't know, but it seems like things are very bad. Uh, Kamala staffers exiting in mass and again, Kamala Harris coming up in front of the nation and trying to equate January 6th to 9-11 in Pearl Harbor. Absolutely disgusting. Now, it wasn't just Kamala Harris who had something to say about January 6th. We also had Ted Cruz, who equated the J6ers to terrorist and that day to terrorism. Let's listen. Solemn anniversary this week. Uh, and it is an anniversary of a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage, incredible bravery. Okay, that's enough from you, Ted. Terroristic attack. Ted Cruz since had to go on Tucker Carlson, and Tucker took him to task and said, you know what, Ted, you said what you said, and I want to know why you were a very smart man. I believe that Ted Cruz um, was at one time being... Um, I wasn't nominated for the a Supreme Court justice, but he was he was being felt out. He was in the running. People were looking at Ted Cruz to become a Supreme Court justice, which, again, is the highest lawyers in the land. They are the ones who are supposed to interpret the Constitution. So very smart people. Ted Cruz, a very smart man. Tucker Carlson asked Ted Cruz, you're a very smart person and every single word that you say, you understand has weight to it. So why did you say what you said? Ted Cruz has since come out and retracted those statements. He said that he was wrong for saying it. I would just say that I wasn't surprised that Ted said this because he's previously been weak on various other subjects. but. Ted Cruz was questioning the FBI today, and he actually had a very good line of questioning. I was listening to Owen Schroyer's show, and he said that this is because many people on the right got very upset with Ted Cruz and making these comments about January 6th, comparing them to terrorists and this to a terroristic event. So he had to double down and be even more patriotic than he was before, which is why we saw the line of questioning um, from Ted Cruz to the FBI that we saw today. We will play that clip here in a moment. Now, before we get off of J. J sixth, one of the most important clips that came out of that day, one that should have been more widely reported on and wasn't, so we're going to play it here, came from Merrick Garland, who is the head of our DOJ, talking about what he plans to do to basically anybody who was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Please listen to this clip and understand the impact and importance of the head of our DOJ saying this about Americans. Let's listen. The Justice Department remains committed to holding all January 6th perpetrators at any level accountable under law, whether they were present that day or were otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy. We will follow the facts wherever they lead. We understand that there are questions about how long the investigation will take 
and about what exactly we are doing, as long as it takes and whatever it takes for justice to be done consistent with the facts. So there you guys go. Again, that is Merrick Garland, the United States Attorney General, and again, the head of the Department of Justice saying that if you were even present on January 6th, they're going to use the full force of the law against you. And that should terrify every single American. And again, just expose how corrupt all of these agencies are that are supposed to be protecting Americans. They're now being used, the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ against American citizens. And we'll be getting more into that later. But again, getting through some of the older news that we didn't get through last week, uh, Justice Sotomayor, speaking of SCOTUS, exaggerated the number of severe COVID-19 cases among children. She said that we have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before in serious condition, and many on ventilators, said the justice wrongly. And again, the reason why this is such a big issue is because she is a Supreme Court justice. We only have nine Supreme Court justices. And the Supreme Court is the highest court of our land. The Supreme Court justices are supposed to be the arbiters of our constitution of truth. They're supposed to be the interpreters of our rights and freedoms. So to have a Supreme Court justice this grossly miseducated on what is going on in our country, especially when they're supposed to be making rulings on the constitutionality of Biden's vaccine mandates and whether or not people should be forced to get this. And she's this uneducated about what's going on regarding children. It's absolutely disgusting. And apparently the Supreme Court is doing a lot worse than many of us may have thought. Now, that ruling regarding whether or not Joe Biden can federally mandate those vaccines, um, I believe it's for uh, businesses whether Joe Biden can mandate if you can go to work or not, basically. Um, that has since been stalled. They haven't made a decision. And reports are saying that the Supreme Court may be split on it. But since it has been stalled, uh, The Hill came out with this article saying that the Biden coronavirus vaccine or test mandate is going into effect. Key components of the Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccine or test mandate for more than 80 million workers went into effect Monday amid an ongoing Supreme Court battle that could ultimately doom the rule as of Monday, businesses with 100 or more employees were required to have a database of their workers, a vaccination status, post their company vaccine policy, provide paid leave to workers getting the vaccine, and require unvaccinated employees to wear a mask. So just to reiterate again, a database of your vaccination status provide paid leave to workers getting the vaccine and require unvaccinated employees to wear a mask. We're going into year three of this. Now, I wanted to read into this because there's uh, some more important stuff in this article. Uh, OSHA, the agency tasked with enforcing the rule, has said it won't issue penalties for noncompliance until February 9th. OSHA has been very careful to say that as long as employers are in good faith moving toward compliance, that they aren't going to issue any citations. So there you guys go. We have yet another organization point blank laying it out for us here. 
saying that as long as these organizations are moving towards compliance, we won't violently fine you and put you out of business and try to destroy your lives. Great. That sounds amazing. I'm really glad that SCOTUS is even deliberating on this because point blank, we should be able to make our own medical decisions. But for some reason, our Supreme Court has justices in it that are so uneducated and probably don't even know how to use Google at this point because who knows where the hell they got those statistics from. And it wasn't even just Sotomayor that came out with these uneducated statements. Michael P. Sanger on Twitter came out with a great list of all of the COVID misinformation that was repeated by the U.S. Supreme Court uh, when they were deliberating on this on January 7th. Number one was, again, 100,000 children in critical care and on ventilators from Sotomayor. Vaccine mandates would prevent 100% of U.S. cases from Breyer. COVID deaths are at an all-time high from Sotomayor. It's beyond settled that vaccines and masks are the best way to stop the spread. COVID vaccines stop transmission from Kagan. Federal government can mandate vaccines using its police power. Sotomayor and hospitals are near capacity. Omicron is deadlier than Delta and hospitals are full of unvaccinated people. So those are these statements coming from our Supreme Court justices. And I just want you guys to understand again how completely effed we all are. There we go. That's why it's difficult for me to even be on this stream right now because I am watching the destruction of our entire country from multiple angles and levels here. Rolling through the news again, um, a teacher went to jail after allegedly putting a 13-year-old in a trunk for fear of COVID-19 exposure. This was in Houston. A teacher was charged with endangering a child uh, after her 13-year-old son was found in the trunk of her car at a drive through COVID testing site on Monday. So apparently this woman, this teacher, was afraid that her son would just tested positive for COVID, was going to get her sick. So she decided to put him in the trunk. And these are supposed to be the same people in society. Let's keep going. Um, AP News came out with this one. So judge says Djokovic can stay in Australia, but the saga is not over. Now, Djokovic is a tennis player who basically went to Australia to go play in the Australian Open and He said, I believe his lawyers talked with the Australian government beforehand and basically said, hey, he just got COVID, so he doesn't need to be inoculated. They had worked it all out. And then as soon as he landed in Australia, they detained him and they put him in a flea infested hotel per his mother because they said that he broke their rules. Again, from AP. Novak Djokovic returned to the tennis court Monday for training, having won a legal battle to stay in Australia to play in the Australia Open after his exemption from strict coronavirus vaccine rules was questioned. Not questioned. This man was detained. Okay, he was put in detainment because he wasn't vaccinated, even though he had just gotten COVID. Anyways, the government is still threatening to cancel his visa and deport him. The unvaccinated tennis star was released after being confined to an immigration hotel for four nights and... The federal circuit court judge reinstated his visa, which was pulled after his arrival last week because officials said he didn't qualify for an exemption to a rule that all non-citizens had to be fully vaccinated. Again, Djokovic's lawyers saying that since he had recently recovered from COVID-19, he did not need to be inoculated. The judge ruled the number one player had not been given enough time to speak to his lawyers before the decision was made and ordered the government to release him from the Melbourne quarantine hotel where he was held. But government lawyer Christopher Trant 
told the judge that the immigration minister will consider whether whether to exercise a personal power of cancellation so he could face deportation and could miss the tournament. So sorry, guys, that was a little bit of misinformation on my part. Apparently, he didn't have enough time to talk to his lawyers before all of that happened. And again, from the Metro, uh, Novak Djokovic's mother said that her son was treated like a prisoner and put in a dirty hotel with bugs. So a little bit of Australian news that we missed last week going on because all of this nonsense never stops. From Insider, Canadian influencers who partied maskless on a plane were stranded in Mexico because the airlines wouldn't fly them home. About 100 partygoers who threw a rowdy New Year's Eve party on a plane couldn't find a flight home. Airlines were refusing to accommodate them after videos of their maskless celebration surfaced. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called the partygoers idiots and said an investigation was underway. So again, I just want us all to understand the complete insanity that we're all living through. You go to Canada and you go and celebrate New Year's Eve. And then the leader of Canada says that you need to be investigated and calls you an idiot. And then you can't fly home because you had the audacity to, again, breathe raw air. What the hell is going on in society? Now, that was some of the news from last week. Let's jump into what is currently going on this week. And actually, I am going to talk about the COVID shift using just three more quick stories from last week. Starting off with the new mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, who may verifiably already be worse than Bill de Blasio. I don't know how that could be, but he has since come out and said that he is going to try to mandate vaccines for children going to school in New York City. So, I mean, I guess they get what they voted for over there. But this is the new mayor of uh, New York City. He came out with this tweet saying, I was a cook, I was a dishwasher. If nobody came to a restaurant when I was in college, I wouldn't have been able to survive. When you talk about closing down our city, you're talking about putting low-wage workers out of a job. I'm not letting that happen. So he's a Democrat, mayor of New York City, and he's talking about reopening. He's talking about not allowing businesses to be shut down again because of COVID-19, which is really strange, right? Why are we seeing such a shift from or in the narrative from Democrats specifically in the year 2022? And it wasn't only New York City Ma uh, Mayor Eric Adams who said this. We also had Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Remember, this is the same mayor who during COVID was basically saying, you have no rights and freedoms. And if you are not vaccinated, we will come for you. We will arrest you. We will jail you. Or if you are outside, if you're not wearing a mask, if you're not social distancing, those are direct quotes from Lori Lightfoot saying that she would jail her citizens if they didn't follow her retarded COVID protocols. Now, this is her tune lately. Let's listen. Enough is enough. We are standing firm and we are going to fight to get our kids back in in-person learning. Period. Full stop. Okay, so Lori Lightfoot, we are seeing such a shift in the narrative. And then finally, before we jump into today's news, the Wall Street Journal coming out with this headline last week as well. Biden, in a shift, prepares Americans to see COVID-19 as a part of life. Before Omicron surge, President said in July the nation was closer than ever to declaring our independence from a deadly virus. So why are we seeing such a shift in the COVID narrative? What the hell is going on? Because it's not just Eric Adams and it's not just Lori Lightfoot and it's not the entire Biden administration who said that they were going to get this virus under control now in a shocking shift saying that we need to just prepare to uh, see COVID-19 as a part of American life. Why are we seeing such an insane shift in the narrative? Well, one, 
We all know it's because it's election season. We all know it's because Democrats have gotten out of hand with this absolute nonsense and that people are waking up to the reality of what is going on right now. People are hungrier for the truth than ever, which is why Joe Rogan's podcast with both with both uh, Dr. Robert Malone, Peter McCullough, all of these doctors and scientists have been the most popular podcasts that he has ever put out. They're getting tens of millions of views because people are hungry for the truth and they're tired of being lied to. So I, I saw this initial shift last week from Democrats specifically, from our media specifically, and now we're shifting into this week. And what are we hearing from CDC Director Rochelle Walensky herself? Let's go ahead and listen in mass to the CDC director say exactly what we've all been talking about and getting banned for for the past two years, starting off with apparently the fact that vaccines can no longer prevent transmission. Let's listen. Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So if you're going home to somebody who has not been vaccinated, to somebody who can't get vaccinated, somebody who might be immunosuppressed or a little bit fail, uh, frail, somebody who has um, uh, comorbidities that put them at high risk, I would suggest you wear a mask in public indoor settings. Okay, so there we go. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky says that vaccines can no longer prevent transmission. And please, before the gaslighting starts as well, because we're already seeing it from people on the left and these officials, these doctors, these uh, media heads that have been lying to us for the past two years saying, well, we never said that the vaccine prevents transmission. Yes, you did. And we played the video of it on one of our previous streams. I was going to replay it today, but we have too much news to get to. I will put that video on my Rumble channel and my locals. So go find that there. Now, we also have Rochelle Walensky talking about the CDC provided data regarding deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID. Let's listen to updates on that one. Do you know how many of the 836,000 deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID are from COVID or how many are with COVID, but they had other comorbidities? Do you have that breakdown? Um, yes, of course. With Omicron, we're following that very carefully. Our death registry, of course, um, takes a few weeks to and is, uh, takes a few weeks to collect. Um, and of course, Omicron has just been with us for a few weeks, but those data will be forthcoming. So there you guys go. We have the question of how many of those deaths are from COVID versus with COVID. CDC director, yeah, we. Uh, we really can't say. Sorry, guys. We, we really we really don't know. We really can't make that differentiation. Seems like something that we should be able to, to know, right? M maybe so. Now, we're going to listen to one more admission from the CDC director herself. And many of you might be thinking, oh, well, we don't even listen to the CDC, um, you know, on this show anyway. We know that they've been lying to us for the past couple of years. Well, the importance of this is that it's waking up many of the masses who still did listen to the CDC. And again, now the government is allowing us to speak about the truth. Now that the lies have mounted up so much that they, they can't get them under control and they can't keep lying to the public. Uh, let's listen to one more soundbite here about um, how over 75% of COVID deaths occurred in people with at least four comorbidities. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. 
Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. That was a short clip. So can we just, can we just listen to that one more time? Because it sounds like she was saying, Hey, if you're obese, if you were diabetic, if you had pre-existing conditions, if you were elderly, if you had some sort of comorbidity, your chances of dying from COVID were higher. But let me make sure I heard that correctly. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. So people who were unwell to begin with, and this was 75%. And we are starting year three of this BS, and this is just now being exposed. Amazing. And... This is hilarious to me because Jake Tapper of CNN has decided now, now that the government is allowing the mainstream to pretend to be outraged about these misleading numbers, now they're pretending to do journalism and say, wow, maybe we should really get to the bottom of these numbers. It just, it seems really misleading. Let's listen to that joke of a clip. So the hospitals are still stretched thin because of this. So I'm not trying to take away from that. But if 40% in some hospitals... 40% of the people who have COVID don't necessarily have problematic COVID. They're there because they got in a car accident. They're there because, um, you know, they they bump their head. And they're being included as in the hospital with COVID. That number seems kind of misleading. Yeah, I agree, Jake. It surprises me that they have not been able to parse out that data more carefully. I think the data that uh, uh, Dr. Olensky is quoting is from New York State, and we've been following that data as well. And I can show you what we've seen, uh, sort of sort of tracks with what she said. But out of all the patients that are in the hospital, about 57 percent, these are COVID patients, admitted because of or complications from COVID, 43 percent admitted for other reasons and then diagnosed with COVID. Wow. So basically everything that we've been saying for the past two years and getting banned for is now just a normal thing to say on CNN. Also, they're going to pretend to be outraged about this, even though they've been complicit in lying to us. Now, what else is being exposed? I would love to have played this video for you, but um, Twitter, they implemented these new policies where basically if the person in the video is being exposed for actually saying the truth, they can copyright the video and then you can't watch it. So I'd love to play you this video of the Pfizer CEO saying that two doses of the vaccine offers a very limited protection. If any, three doses with a booster offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and death, less protection against infection. But I can't because the media has been disabled in response to a report by the copyright owner. So we're going to have to read this article from CNBC, who again says the same exact thing. Pfizer CEO says two COVID vaccine doses aren't enough. Okay. So they they don't provide that robust protection. Uh, He said third shots are providing good enough protection, but uh, yeah, just keep taking them. And it's not just the Pfizer CEO who is saying this. We also have Moderna's CEO saying the exact same thing. Moderna's CEO warns people may need fourth COVID shot as efficacy of boosters likely to decline over time. And I would just like to reiterate that it was what nine new billionaires that were created over the past two years during the COVID pandemic. And um, a lot of the politicians that have been pushing the booster shots from Pfizer and Moderna are also invested in their stocks. So the more money Pfizer and Moderna makes via these boosters and vaccines, the more money these corrupt politicians make to see how 
that works. So that's currently what's going on. But of course, we talked about that last week and we got banned. But now that the uh, CEO of Pfizer and Moderna are saying that their own product is ineffective and doesn't work that well, unless you get three of them, maybe four, now we can talk about it. A little bit more of internationally what's going on with COVID because the nonsense still isn't over. In Italy, they're adopting a decree making COVID vaccination mandatory for citizens aged 50 and over. We'd like to look to foreign countries for what could potentially make its way to the U.S. if we are not strong and we do not push back against this nonsense. So again, COVID vaccination to be mandatory for citizens aged over 50. Um Let's go even further. In Israel, double vaccinated, boosted, and now fourth vaccination uh, people. Okay, that's what's currently going on in Israel. All of the people over there, double vaccinated, they're boosted. They have the introduction of that fourth vaccination despite all of this COVID cases in Israel as of last week on January 6th, reached a record new high of over 16,000 infections. It's a good thing that vaccine is so effective that um, they've now reached those new levels. Very strange. From the New York Times, women's periods may be late after a coronavirus vaccination study suggests an analysis of thousands of menstrual records offer support for antidotal reports of erratic cycles after the shots. Another thing that we were reporting on months ago that the vaccination was affecting women's menstrual cycles because, and there was also no long-term studies into how this could affect women's fertility. You talked about it, you got banned, and now it's headlined on the New York Times. And we have to ask the question, why has all of this happened? Why is society like this? Because it, it gets even crazier than this. I'm about to play you this video from this gentleman who got an email from his boss about new Zoom meeting protocol. And it's absolutely insane. But we see all of these measures put into place. We see these lies being exposed. But it's like, what were those lies the foundation for? What were those lies leading up to? Why was it so necessary that we got to this point? So people would be scared. So people would be subservient. So people would be so psychologically manipulated that they would listen to the government forever. Now, let's watch this video, and then I'm going to show you guys a couple more headlines really laying out where this all leads, because we now even have members of the mainstream, those who have decided not to finally say, okay, we, we realize we can't lie anymore. We're just going to tell the truth. Uh, we have other members of the mainstream who still are telling the truth, but in their own way of what they hope happens to the unvaccinated and those who refuse to bend the knee to the government and be subservient to the government like they are. We will show you um, their admitted truth now of what they hope actually happens to us, but let's play this clip first. For everyone asking about the email from my boss, here it is. So for my podcast listeners, the email reads, Team, I am writing you all today to inform you of a new protocol for our staff Zoom meetings, aka virtual meetings from people's homes. Moving forward, everyone will be required to wear a mask during our meetings. One of our team members has a fear of unmasked people, and I want to make sure everyone feels safe and comfortable. This requirement is effective immediately. Now, I'm not sure what company this is, but this is the level of insanity we've reached in modern day society. If you are in a Zoom meeting virtually in your home, people are being told they have to wear face masks still because 
members of society have been so psychologically manipulated and tortured by the government and media that they are now afraid of seeing people's bare faces. From the BBC headline, IKEA cuts sick pay for unvaccinated staff and forces them to self-isolate. IKEA has cut sick pay for unvaccinated staff who need to self-isolate because of COVID exposure. And in some cases for workers who test positive, the retail giant acknowledged it was an emotive topic, but said its policy had to evolve with changing circumstances. From this week, sick pay cuts will be implemented at Wessex Waters. And in the U.S., several major companies will have started penalizing unjabbed workers. It comes as from struggle with mass staff absence and rising costs. So you have people who have been so psychologically tortured that they were afraid to see people without face masks. And then you have businesses that are coming down on the unjabbed for having the audacity to make their own medical decisions regarding their own body. They're being punished. And then you have the media saying that a spike in autoimmune diseases is blamed on fast food. Now, we can't speculate on what else might be causing these autoimmune disease spikes. We can't speculate on that here. But I'm sure many of you in this audience can guess. So you have crazed Americans on the one hand, psychologically manipulated and tortured into fearing their fellow American. You have businesses punishing the unvaccinated, and then you have the media continuing the mass formation psychosis. And what does this all lead up to? The truth of what the media hopes happens and the, the vaccinated hope happen to the unvaccinated. From the Los Angeles Times, column, mocking anti-vaxxers COVID deaths is ghoulish, yes, but may be necessary. Now, what is this? It's an admission of what these people hope happen to the unvaccinated. They want us to die. They don't want us to be a part of normal society. They want to make it as difficult as possible for us to live because they don't want us to live in normal society. They want us ostracized. Look at what Macron said to the citizens of France. He said that he wants to make the unvaccinated angry and he doesn't want them to, to feel welcome. He doesn't view them as French citizens. And why is that? Because let's be honest about what our opponents want for us who have had the strength to push back against the government's psychological attack and warfare on all of us. They want us dead. They want us to die, which is why we continue to see articles like this. They're no longer hiding what they want for their fellow Americans, their fellow citizen, no matter which country it is. They're no longer trying to hide what they want to ultimately happen to them. They want them to die. So let's just be very blatant and honest about what the opposition wants for those of us who have decided to remain unvaccinated. It's disgusting to me. But that's where we're currently at in the modern day. The LA Times, a reputable publication of news, right, publishing an opinion piece about how it's necessary to dance on the graves of the unvaccinated. At least they're telling the truth, I guess. At least they're coming out and being very open with what they want to happen to their opposition. We've known this all along, but maybe this article is a slap in the face 
to maybe some of those who have been vaccinated and thought that this would end with two vaccinations. Now you're seeing the sinister underlyings of what these people actually want. They don't want to get back to the new normal or regular normal. They don't want to get back to our rights and freedoms and everyday life where we can go to movies and go to bars and our kids can go to school unmasked. They want compliance. They want subservience. And they want the government coming in and ruling over everyone. Again, the soft introduction of one world government, the great reset, call it what you will. So that's one attack that our country is under the COVID manipulation and hysteria. Okay, that's one angle. Now, the other angle is the domestic terrorism that is apparently running rampant through the streets of America. From the AP today, Justice Department creating unit focused on domestic terrorism. The Justice Department is establishing a specialized unit focused on domestic terrorism. The department's top national security officials told lawmakers Tuesday, as he described an elevated threat from violent extremists in the United States. An elevated threat from violent extremists in the United States. So that is what our DOJ is focused in on, is again being weaponized towards Americans, not focusing in on real issues, not focusing in on the fact that criminals and drugs are flooding our borders right now because they're wide open, not focusing in on the growing strength of our foreign adversaries. No, they're focusing in on domestic terrorism and weaponizing these agencies against American citizens. And why is that? Again, going back to the concept of government subservience, if you didn't fall for the COVID hysteria and that didn't get you, okay, well then we're going to classify you as a domestic terrorist because you're a health threat now. You're a domestic terrorist. Remember that in New York, they were trying to propose legislation to say that the New York governor at the drop of a hat could lock you up for an undetermined amount of time if you were considered a health threat because you decided maybe you don't want to get vaccinated. You're now a domestic terror threat because if you didn't fall for the COVID hysteria, now you have to come under this line of fire. Now, Ted Cruz, who, again, we started off the show with talking about how January 6th was essentially terrorism. We came down on him really hard and he realized that he effed up. So this was his line of questioning to the FBI regarding January 6th and who actually is committing domestic terrorism in our country. Let's listen to that. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, did any FBI agents any FBI or agents confidential or informants confidential actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents any or confidential FBI informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents any F or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sadburn, Ms. who is Ray Epps? I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. Well, 
There are a lot of well, people who are understandably very concerned, are understandably about, Mr. Epps. concerned about Mr. Epps. On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered, and there's video out there of him chanting, tomorrow we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange behavior, so strange that the crowd began chanting, fed, 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 fed. Ms. Sandburn, was Ray Epps a fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. Wow. So that's our FBI. Was Ray Epps a Fed? Ray Epps, the man who was initially seen encouraging people to break into the Capitol and breaking down barriers. FBI, is Ray Epps a Fed? I can't answer that. To what I can't answer that translates to in my mind is yes. Ted Cruz to the FBI. Did you commit acts of violence on January 6th? FBI, we can't answer that. Seems like the FBI can't give any definitive answer regarding their involvement with January 6th, if they committed violent terroristic acts, if their feds were there encouraging other Americans and basically honeypotting them into going into the Capitol. They can't answer that one of those questions definitively. If the FBI wasn't involved, she should have been able to answer yes to all of those questions. Or no, I should say. Was the FBI involved? No. Did the FBI commit violence? No. Is Ray F. Fed? No. But they couldn't do it. And why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? That is probably the most important clip that I played on this show behind the Merrick Garland clip. And I should have started the show with it. I'm going to be streaming again tomorrow since we are behind because we got banned last week. I'm going to give you guys three streams this week. I'm starting off the show tomorrow with that clip because I want you all to understand who the FBI is. I want you guys to understand who the CIA is, who the DOJ is, who the CDC is, who the World Health Organization is. All of these alphabet agencies that are supposed to help you protect your health, protect your safety. Complete opposite. One of the most important clips I could have played on this show and I should have opened with it. I really should have. Now, we continue to see this continuation of... Americans being politically persecuted for January 6th. And why are Democrats weaponizing that day so much? For example, Nancy Pelosi, she came out and had this to say regarding voting rights and January 6th, last clip of the show, let's listen. What the Republicans are doing across the country is really a, a legislative continu continuation of what they did on January 6th. A legislative continuation of January 6th. There it is, folks. And that's why they keep drawing this out, because they not only want every single person who was in attendance in D.C. on January 6th to be viewed as and persecuted as a domestic terrorist. They want every Republican lawmaker who is standing up for actual voting laws to be viewed as a domestic terrorist just the same. That is why Nancy Pelosi said that. That is why the Democrats are perpetuating and drawing out January 6th. That is why they're trying to compare it to Pearl Harbor or 9-11. Again, two verifiable events that got us into wars. Why is that? Because the Democrats are drumming this up as an event that could be used as an excuse to lead us into a civil war, an event that was perpetuated by the government, by the FBI. And we need no further evidence other than the fact that during the Senate hearing, this FBI official couldn't even answer definitively if the FBI was involved in violent events in, on January 6th. So you have the Democrats here 
having the entire country worried about domestic terrorism and white supremacy and the KKK, all of these fake issues that are on the rise. You have the DOJ being weaponized against law-abiding American citizens. What's really going on in this country while we're all distracted by that? Axios, more than 800,000 non-citizens in New York City can now vote in local elections after Mayor Eric Adams allowed legislation to become law today. There it is right there. Illegals allowed to vote and fundamentally change not only the demographics of our country, but the laws in our country. Let's keep going. From AP News, Governor Gavin Newsom wants California to be the first state to provide health coverage to all illegal immigrants in the country. <sighs> That's why I cried in the middle of the show. As embarrassing as it was, because we were being hit from multiple angles here. And who's paying for that? The American citizens. This tweet, because Bear Shelves Biden has been trending on Twitter over the past two days. It's a picture from a North Texas Starbucks. Because now also on top of the illegal immigration and illegals being treated better than Americans, on top of our Department of Justice and our FBI and CIA being weaponized against American citizens on top of the media and all of these fake officials weaponizing COVID against us to try to spread fear and propaganda. We also have the economy going to complete crap and the supply chain and uh, grocery shelves just straight up empty. This picture from a North Texas Starbucks reads, no soy or oat milk, no hot drinks because they don't have cups, no whipped cream. I don't know why we're e open either. Sorry. And then again, like I just said, bare shelves Biden trending on Twitter and so many people from across the nation posting pictures of their completely bare and empty shelves all across the nation here in America. And I went to Walmart the other day and I saw the exact same thing. Empty shelves, can't buy cream cheese, can barely buy milk, can't buy eggs, couldn't buy rice at Costco, Costco. Supposed to be a freaking bulk grocery store. Costco is supposed to have everything in bulk. They didn't have rice. Bear shelves Biden. So we're being hit from multiple angles here, people. Economically. Border-wise. Intelligence agencies being weaponized against us. Propaganda. Fear. Multiple angles. Multiple things. And the levels of corruption are just baffling to me. And I see where we are going, and I see that Americans, like I said during the beginning of this show, need to make a stand. And they need to understand what is going to happen to America, what's coming for all Americans, and why we need to make a stand now. Because it is, we're inching closer and closer to it being too late for us to make a stand. So understand the decision that you will personally make if someone comes for your rights and freedoms and stick to it. Because your time to stick to your guns and stand up, the window of opportunity for that is getting smaller and smaller with each passing day.
Thank you for tuning into another episode of Rapid Fire. Again, if you would like to support me, the links are down below for how you can do so. You can support me via PayPal or Locals. You can go to my website, savsisofficial.com. You can go to Rumble now. Please go to the Rumble channel and subscribe. I also have Odyssey. Subscribe to that as well. Please subscribe to the podcast. If you like the show, go leave a five-star review. It helps us grow in the charts. Go and follow the show on multiple platforms because it doesn't last long here. Thank you guys all for supporting me always. Every single cent that you send to me is reinvested back into making this show better for you because I care about the country, I care about the truth, and I care about you as an individual. So please share the show. Please share the articles that I talked about in this show. Please open the eyes of your fellow American and help them to understand that the time to act wasn't today, it was yesterday. We need to do something now. This is urgent. And we need to be about action now. We need to understand that this is an, an urge, this is an urgent issue that we need to act on. With that being said, I'm closing out the show for now, but I'll be back tomorrow because I still have a lot to say. And we have a lot of news that I didn't even get to cover. And I'm sure there will be even more for us to break tomorrow. So thank you for tuning into another episode of Rapid Fire. Please continue to follow me on the various platforms that are linked down below. I appreciate every single one of you. Your support means everything to me and it helps me to keep going. You guys are the best and um, I'll see you for tomorrow's show.